Oh, I just feel the presence of the Lord. It's so beautiful. Man. Love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. It's things I don't understand is how you can take a frail human body and indwell it with your perfection. Just don't understand it. Many things are going to happen to people as they become more and more hungry for you. And we give you glory and honor, Spirit of the living God, for mightily, so that we can give Jesus mightily blood-washed worship. From our hearts, we love you. Amen. Well, it's so good again to say all good things come to an end, but not in Christ. He's the beginning and He is the end. He's the Alpha. He is the Omega. He's the good shepherd that lays his life down for the sheep. Isn't it amazing? Jesus didn't die from our sins. He died. Hello. We didn't kill him, man. He died for us. Lay down his life. There's nothing as terrible as becoming a religious Christian. Religion serves God on a Sunday and kicks the devil on Monday, but on Tuesday back to normal. But when you have a relationship with Him, every day is resurrection day. Every day is better than the day before. Every day, something new. That's why when the angels say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When the angels say that, they're not talking about looking like somebody that wants to be like, you know, this kind of religious facade to look holy. No, we don't look holy. We are holy because of Christ. But that is because every day when the angels look at the one who sits on the throne, they go different, different. Different. There's not one day that God is the same in the sense of revealing Himself. So tonight, I'm just going to lay a foundation and we're going to pray. Amen? Is that okay? How many of you know if the Word of God can keep the universe together, what makes you think you can be without the Word? The Word. Can you just give the grace gift of God in this house, Prophet Leon and Prophetess. Come on, can you give them a hand of praise and you thank God for them. Amen. So powerful, so wonderful. Just awesome, Jesus. You don't make mistakes. You're too big to make mistakes. Hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord bless you. God richly bless both of you. It's a privilege to be connected, really. How many of you know one right relationship is one right relationship is away from your success in life? And that relationship is firstly Jesus. Then the rest, God does it. Amen. Tell somebody, don't say anything Jesus is going to speak now. Just go with me to John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. Those that are watching us by way of the stream, I trust the stream will become a river for you. In the name of Jesus. 
on the last day, verse 37, on the last day of the conference in Krugersdorp, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, I want you to see something. He's not, he's not quietly saying, if anyone thirsts. No, no, he cried out. I want to show you in those days, the microphone was in your chest. Amen. There's no technology. So if Jesus stood up in Jerusalem on the last day of the feast, normally at the feast, there's more than 300,000 people that come. And so when at the day of the feast, he must have stood up amongst everybody and he, he didn't exclude anybody. If anyone, softly, no. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. I want to do it again. I want that devil to know that the voice of God is in the house. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me as the scripture has said, rivers out of his heart will flow. Rivers of loving water. 3,000 and more had to hear him. Blessed Lamb of God. You may be seated. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit has not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let me just quickly say to you, church, Jesus does not exclude anybody. If you're thirsty tonight, you're in the right place for his attention. Oh yes, oh yes. It's, God cannot ignore thirsty and hungry people. The more hungry I am and the more I eat of Jesus, the more hungry I become. You eat of the stuff in the world, you get full and then you've had enough. And maybe if you didn't have had enough yet, keep eating until you've had enough from the world. So that when you step out of the world, you can have the glory of God. You can have the life of God. You can have the pleasures of God. And you can have something that no eye has seen, no ears heard. But God comes and He blesses you anyhow. How many of you know there's nothing that will make God love me less? Nothing. He loves me. So if somebody didn't wake up this morning and say, I love you, don't get depressed. There's somebody bigger than my wife. I love you, Neville. I said, the feelings mutual, Lord. Just want to love you more. The more I seek you, the more I want you. And the more I find you, the more I love you. I just want to live in your presence to make it happen for others, Lord. Quickly, prophet was speaking about a mantle. And this mantle has a name tonight called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 
And the beautiful part is, Jesus identifies two things. There's an outpouring. You see, when he says, come unto me and drink, let him come to me and drink, it means there's an outpouring from him and he's looking for an infilling. And when there's an infilling, there must be an outflow. Just want to take those three things Jesus often moves with. So when, when he has an outflow, it comes from his mouth. God said, and there's an outflow. And then it fills me, and the overflow comes through my mouth. So when I overflow, I become a river of God. But if I don't overflow, I'm just a dam. And I add no value to anything around me. That's why many Christians don't do anything because they're not a river of God. Tonight, I want to let you know you're going to become a river of God. There's going to be an outflow from you. Because he who comes unto me, Jesus says, I will in no wise cast out. But listen, he says, the source of the river, come to me and drink. In other words, he's the source. I just become the resource, but I'm not the source. The source is Jesus says. Listen, this is how he puts it. He says, uh, I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit, but he says, you must come to me and drink. And when he looks at the river, how many of you know you drink water? But a river, you don't drink a river. A river supplies everything. A river is a movement of God. That's why if you're a dam, you're not a movement. Damn it. Let's see, where did that come from? <laughs> you just look good like a Christian, but you not know life. I just have knowledge of God, but I'm not intimately giving birth to things. I'm just so happy I'll go to heaven one day and that's it. That's what a dam is all about. It slows down movement. That's why when you move in the glory of God, you move with the rhythmic patterns of God. You go to the ocean, there's rhythmic patterns in it. It's not just the dam that waits for the wind to blow. It lives without the wind. Because the Holy Ghost is alive, He's living, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So drinking water sustains you. But when there's a river, it sustains everything and everybody else. For where the river flows, life flows. Wherever the river enters, death leaves and life enters that. Which means if you are the river, you will bring life into your marriage. You will bring life into your children. You will bring life into your business. You will bring life into your church. You will bring life into your ministry. And no devil can stop this river, but watch this river flow. Every time I'm preaching, no matter where I am, He's just got to be a spectator. So give God the glory for He's in you. <laughs> Prophet, the water is for my thirst. The river is for fish. Watch the harvest. Watch how this, when this mantle comes on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls come without a track. Because 3,000 people are looking for where the river is flowing. 
Many churches are empty not because God never showed up. Buildings don't get bigger, they just get empty. But when the presence of God comes into a place, people will travel for thousands of miles to listen to one anointed vessel of God. They will leave everything to find one place where they can have an encounter with God. One encounter with the Holy Ghost will cause all the debates about whether He's alive or not. One miracle from God will change all your atheistic approaches. Hey, I said something to, oh, I feel I must, must say it, prophet, if you don't mind. My goodness. Did you notice something that God's river is face to face, panim to panim. That's why God can't take gossiping because it's not face to face. Oh yes. That's why God cannot take homosexuality because it's not face to face. Oh yes. Oh yes, it's not my, it's not my opinion. It's the reference of my God. Wow. Out hey. The river is for fish. I see Rhoda just went quiet there. Somebody's worried about. It's okay. It's okay. Even in prison, I will have the glory of God. <laughs> We've gone too far to turn back now. God loves people, man. God loves people. How does this river flow? And then we're praying. Is that okay? You see, as the river flows, revelation flows. As the river flows, vision flows. As the river flows, miracles will happen. As the river flows, there's healing and deliverance and victory. When we begin to flow with the river, I'm going to show you how that river flows and why God made Pentecost for the the mantle of the Holy Ghost to fall upon people. When the mantle comes upon you, He does mighty things through you. There's three levels of the mantle. He comes upon me for mighty works. You, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come where? The place upon you. That's why we clothe ourselves. But when He's in you, Jesus says, it's for intimacy. Because you cannot sin if you have a revelation that He is in you. Yeah. He will be in you and He will be with you. With is for fellowship. So I can get up in the morning and without being, you know why you don't have Jesus? You're too religious, man. Just be naturally supernatural. Unashamedly. Just walk up and wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, look cool, and say, I love you, Jesus. What I mean, why do you want to go like this? I love you, Jesus. <laughs> even me, I won't listen to you. Because you don't even speak like that to your children. So you're not real. Imagine I must sit at my table like this. Brenton says to me, Dad, will you open up in prayer? Brad, Brenton knows this is how I speak. I say, hey, B, you got to shake a leg, bro. Things need to shift. Because if Christ is in you, you can't stay the same. 
And now we talk like that. Now imagine he asked me to open up in prayer for five minutes for a whole hour of eating. But in any case, now imagine I'm sitting at the table like this. My grandchildren will get worried, man. <laughs> I go like this. Father. <laughs> Maybe it's the smell of the food. You know what I mean? <laughs> Father. The food that Roger and myself went to buy. <laughs> Your grace. Bless the food. My, my, my granddaughter will say, please, Jesus, save him. Just make a difference. Because they don't know that man. But when you come to the Lord and you learn to know that the flow is not a forceful thing. It's a flow. That's why you find it so difficult to grow in Jesus because you think the more impressive you are, the deeper your spirituality. I've never seen, the, I've never seen Peter, James or John in the Scriptures do anything that wasn't humanly recognizable. It was just natural. And when you get there, you don't have to work to have God love you. He loves you. You don't have to. The reason why you don't get there. And tonight when we pray for you, stop trying to perfect yourself. You can't. You've messed it up. You need Jesus to help you, man. You need the Holy Ghost to help you. You can't change yourself. You just cannot make it without Him. And it's not religious. It's not joining the church. It's the fact is... Just think about when you got saved. I get saved when I'm 20 years old. I come out of Satanism, find Christ through 11 year old and I'm convinced it took me 20 years to discover I cannot do it. Some of you waited 50 years to decide I need Jesus because in 50 years you can't even give up smoking. <laughs> But when you find the resurrected Christ, guess what? Smoking gives you up. Oh yes. Drinking gives you up. Drugs give you up. Yes, rejection gives you up. Because who comes into you is more powerful than you and all our addictions. Give Him one more time some praise right there. <laughs> hey, hey. Yes, Lord. <laughs> One more scripture. Oh, prophet, I'm, I, I just feel we are ready just to pray for God's people, man. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus says, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart, the mouth speaks. Just pick that scripture up. Hmm. Did you notice something? That the flow out of your life comes out of your mouth. That's why whatever you say will create something that comes from what you say. 
Like I never get up in the morning and say, Lord, I pray that you will anoint me today. He says, but what have I done when I gave you the Holy Ghost? Why are you asking me for something I've already done? Give me something I haven't done yet. Or declare something that you still got to believe. Or get up in the morning and say, I see a blood-washed Krugersdorp. I see a blood-washed Africa. I see a blood-washed family. I see stuff, God, that the blood of Jesus has the ability to change. Because there is no move of the Holy Ghost without the blood of the Lamb. But listen, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth. In other words, it doesn't matter if, if the condition is good or evil, it will bring forth something. It will create something. Do you know how many people have killed their marriages because of the way they speak about their marriage? Do you know how many people have killed the love of God in their homes because of the way they speak? Whatever comes out of you is a return of the flow of the river. You don't want some stuff in your house that you don't want to say. Do you ever feel a kind of thing somebody says you'll never come right? Have you ever prayed prayers like us where you say, you know, you don't want to stop what you're doing, you won't come right. My husband won't come right, my wife won't come right. Then why are you complaining when you prophesy they won't come right? Why are you complaining that what you bring forth is what you've just declared? You are created in the image of God. When God addresses something, it takes the shape of what He says. He looks at the ground and He says to the ground, vegetation will come out of you. The ground receives faith and vegetation comes out of it. That's because you carry the DNA of the one from whom you come. The problem is, you must decide what you want. I'm not good enough, really. Then why do you complain when you become not good enough? It's not about arrogance. Let me preach the next part. On the day of Pentecost, you notice something in the upper room, 120. Because the fulfillment of Luke chapter 24, Verse 49 that says, Wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from an eye. And the method of the clothing to come comes through prayer. 120, 10 days in the upper room. That's why you see today, there's only 120 people in the Gennesset in Israel because the number 120 is a number for divine intervention. So Israel is incomplete, even the Gennesset doesn't complete them. Because they're waiting for divine intervention. But 10 days in the upper room, 10 plagues in Egypt to bring down freedom. So the method for the mantle to come is in the upper room. And from the upper room, <laughs> the mantle of the Holy Ghost comes because there's divine order in place. So when the Holy Ghost falls, he comes with tongues of fire. Where does that come from? Look at Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. Listen to what the Bible says. John prophesies and he says something very powerful. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. See, it doesn't say, I indeed baptize you with water unto forgiveness. Because if you remember last night, when Adam walked away, taking the covering, but doesn't take the covenant, from that day, Jesus said, 
even after he left. Today, when you preach, preach repentance and forgiveness of sins. First, repentance. There is no forgiveness if you have not changed your mind about what you are asking forgiveness for. There's no cleansing of the blood until you have repented because you can say, forgive me Neville and still not have coffee with me tomorrow because the fruit of your repentance and your forgiveness means we're back in fellowship. You know, people only forgive so they don't have to meet you again. So they just can be religious and say, I forgave them, really, but did you change your mind? Mm-hmm. He baptized you with what? He who comes after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with what? And fire. Brother, I don't allow, any man that's married here, it's not going to allow another person to mess with your wife. Jesus came on the day of Pentecost to baptize his own wife. Oh yes. Jesus comes out of heaven on the day of Pentecost because the Holy Ghost doesn't baptize you with Himself. Jesus comes on the day of Pentecost after the ascension. He comes into Jerusalem and He baptizes every 120 of those in the upper room with the Holy Ghost. Yes, but he, they, every one of them is baptized 3,000 eventually. I'm trying to tell you something. He comes and He baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and with fire in like fashion. He's going to be in this building to reignite His church, reignite His bride, reignite her with a new passion for His glory. So on the day of Pentecost, He baptizes the church. And that's why you see the revelation is tongues of fire. Now speaking in other tongues. Let me just, because when we're going to pray for you, we don't want you to just come, you know, you know, this kind of style. We want you to come. Rabba Shandera Boshaka Rabba Sekiriande Roshaka Rabosa Papariada Repeta Satara Boshaka Rabariada Roshaka Ramanda. I don't know why people get worried. Don't worry, you can go home and you can pick up the scriptures. In Genesis chapter 11, from verse 1, the people are of one mind, they have one language. They're going to build a tower and God decides if the people are of one mind, one language, one speech, I have to come and check what they are doing because if they are of one mind, one spirit, one language, whatever they do will succeed. Whatever they do will succeed. And so what God does, He comes down and He confuses their language not confuses the bricks, the language. And on the day of Pentecost, what does He do? He gives, whoa! He gives every human being that's present on the day of Pentecost one language. So that whatever the church attempts to do, they will be of one language, one mind, 
one hope and whatever they would like to do will succeed but then God will also come down to say I am going to manifest myself I'm going to inhabit their praises I'm going to dwell amongst them why tongues? because you can't swear in tongues ah you can't also in tongues have some other agenda because your mind is unfruitful but he who speaks in an unknown tongue his spirit is praying and God is spirit and I connect with him spirit to spirit and my flesh cannot get involved with it and that's why Paul says and church make no mistake don't confuse the gift of tongues with the speaking in other tongues of the day of Pentecost. The gift operates in a given time at a given moment. That's how gifts operate. That's why Paul decides, I have to teach the church the difference between speaking in other tongues and the gift of tongues and interpretation. Don't confuse it. Because we... We pray in our understanding and we pray in the Spirit. We sing in our understanding and we sing in the Spirit. And then Paul says, I say, my God, I speak in tongues more than all of you. If Apostle Paul was here tonight, I would say to him, Apostle, so you speak in tongues more than everybody? Did you ever have to come to church and ask every time when you're speaking to God, you need an interpretation from these folk? Now when the Holy Ghost comes with a gift, He comes and looks for the interpretation. But when it comes to the movements of God, I come before Him. I speak in my language. I operate in singing, praying. And then all of a sudden, the flow inwardly and then outwardly. And then as I'm busy praying in the Spirit, He shifts me from the natural to His presence. And then when I come into His presence, I occupy a panoramic position. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I don't look up at my problem. I look down at my problem. I look at devils in the earth and I tell you, you're going to move and you're going to move and you're going to move and you're going to release God's people's possessions. You have no right to hold it. What is your problem? You must shift your position and tongues helps you to have a prayer life that's not hindered by the flesh. Are you ready for this? Now watch. Just write the scripture. In Revelations chapter 8, a lot of things are happening. And then the praises of God's people and the prayers of the saints. You know, let me tell you something. Never get tired of worshiping Him. You see, praise is my expression of my appreciation. Worship is my level of intimacy. But when I enter the glory, is His response to my intimacy. He responds. You are awesome in this place. Here we go. You are awesome in this place. Oh, I feel your presence here, Lord. You are awesome in this place. You are awesome. 
awesome. You are awesome. Almighty God. There is just nobody like you. Lord, right now we want to thank you for every man, every woman. Every man, every woman, every son, every daughter. We give you the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. He who speaks in an unknown tongue, his spirit prays. Therefore, we're not addressing men right now. We're not addressing the natural. We come before you. Everybody in the building, I want you to rise. We're just going to pray in the spirit. And then we're going to trust the Holy Spirit that you'll be hungry for the mantle of God to come upon you, that the Holy Spirit will find the people that are ready to say, shift me, shift me, shift me.